Hello, and welcome to On the Right Track podcast. On the Right Track is a podcast by two South Asian debut authors, Emily Varga and Sara M. Rana, that addresses the little-known secrets of publishing, marketing, and behind the scenes of traditional publishing. We interview guests who are in different stages, jobs, or careers in the traditional publishing industry in order to provide our listeners with an insider's look. Welcome to On the Right Track podcast. Today, we have an exciting guest for you, Rani Shaw. Rani Shaw spent a good part of her childhood running around with her pet hamsters and human little brother. She is the librarian for Lily Sings Book Club, Lily's Library, founder of Fuss Class News, an online South Asian American satire news site. And her energy sources include chocolate chip cookies, making Gujarati jokes, and cozy coffee shops. Mine too. Let's be honest. I love a good cozy coffee shop. Her (laughs) first book, Wisdom from a Humble Jellyfish, love that title, has been featured in Cosmo, Forbes, and Shondaland. She lives in Brooklyn, New York with her husband and no pet hamsters. Oh, that's kind of sad. Do you want to have a pet hamster? Uh, I love (laughs) cute rodents. I love cute rodents of the variety that are not vermin. That's fair. <laughs> but my wonderful husband is sadly scared of hamsters. Oh, okay. Well, welcome, Ronnie. We are so excited to get chatting. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive in. So the first thing we kind of asked all of our guests to kind of situate them is if you could give us a quick rundown about your publishing journey and your job in publishing, specifically your debut book and how you started your journey in working in book publishing for Lily's Library and Lily Singh's Book Club. Okay, this is going to be a journey. So if you're writing notes... Pull them Should out. I be taking notes? Yeah, let me, a, let me get my pen. Yeah, get like your <laughs> pen and paper and your abacus. And okay, so a very unconventional journey towards a book, which I'm finding every single person I know that has written a book has an unconventional journey towards it. There's no one way to get there. So for myself, I have I have two or three jobs. It's very millennial of me. So. I have a day job, I have a side business, and I have my publishing goals. So my day job, I actually work in corporate. I work in tech. I'm a brand creative manager. So I do all things software and brand creative. I used to work for Trello, and then I recently moved to Atlassian, which is the company that owns Trello. So I'm on the brand creative team for Atlassian. But the great thing about my day job is they're really focused on work-life balance. So... I know what time I start work. I know what time I end work. When I'm done with my day job, I'm doing air quotes. I have a side business that is about South Asian creative branding, consulting, and um, literacy. So that is where my amazing gig with Lily's Library is. So I am also part of the Unicorn Island team with Lily Singh, and that is part of my my separate kind of side hustle. But it's the best. If I could do that full time, I would totally do it. But I like having two things. I like having a place to challenge me and a place to kind of release my desi, you know, inspirations. So they are both equally amazing for me. And then I've never worked in publishing, but I have experience with the publishing industry and it's very different. I am this interesting place where I have one foot in tech 
I have one foot in media with Unicorn Island. And then I don't have a third foot, but I basically have like a hand in publishing. It's like, like a twister pose. The pace at which they all move at is very different. Publishing moves at a very slow pace compared mm-hmm. to especially tech and media. Mm-hmm. The media world, like it's very common, like in a week, we'll be speak shooting texts and emails and we get it done. Like it's scrappy, it's efficient, they're creatives. With tech slash corporate, it's, I mean, corporate's never fast, but tech is very fast. Like things get done pretty quickly. Um, budgets are high. So you just throw, like, you know, it's like the opposite of media. <laughs> like, I mean, your budget might not be that high, but tech, it's like these like, bonkers budgets. So it's like very different environments than publishing, which is way, way, way more traditional. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just a way to adjust when you're working with anybody in that world. And so, mm-hmm. The way I got my first book, I was a, the editor-in-chief for the Trello blog for a few years. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it, was, it was great. That was like one of the highlights of my years um, at Lassian. And so I wrote a blog post and that blog post ended up getting syndicated, which if you're not familiar with that term, syndicated just means another site will take a website's blog content or article and repost it with credit being given to the original site. So I had an article about self-care routines in nature and how they all correspond. So it got syndicated by Shine app, which in 2017 was this like cool app where they had like 100,000 subscribers and stuff. And if you subscribe to them every morning, they text you an article that they thought was cool. So mine was picked up by them. And I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. And I had a friend or two text me like, whoa, your article. I'm like, awesome. I didn't think it would lead to anything. And then a few weeks later, I get a LinkedIn message on email, a LinkedIn message from a publisher. And she's like, hey, like, we like this article. Can we talk about a project? And to tell you how non-immersed I was in publishing or anything, like I love, I've loved reading my entire life. Always been a humongous reader, but I had no idea about how publishing worked. This email was coming from Day Street Publishing. So I'm like, what is this? I looked it up. I'm like, they're owned by some company called Harper Collins. I'm like, what is like? I I had no idea. And so I'm like, okay, so like, truly, very much like you were like, I don't even know. I had no idea. I'm like, I literally was like, oh, well, he's LinkedIn. Like, why didn't this just go to spam? This is a waste of my time. And then I just responded because I'm like, oh, well, their offices are like also in like near Wall Street. Like at the time, I worked in financial district in Manhattan, and like I'm like, oh, they're like only a few blocks down. Fine. Sure. And so I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll meet up with you for coffee. And I'm like meeting up with this like really cool editor. And she's like, yeah, we want to like write a book about this article. I'm like, okay, cool. So write it. And she's like, no, no, like we we, like want you to write it. Like you want me to like, it's like write like the intro. She's like, no, no, like the book. I'm like, huh? Like already what? Like she's like, we want to give you a book deal. And this is why <laughs> don't be this is the wildest publishing story I've ever heard. <laughs> like one of them, like how how you're just like, sure, write, write the book. And they're like, no, sorry, you're going to write the book. <laughs> yeah. Like that exchange went back and forth. And I was, how old was I? Yes, I was 25. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? And like, yeah, like, like saying all these terms. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. And then the biggest takeaway I had, because 25. I just moved to New York like eight months ago. And this cool editor is like giving me two or three books. And she's I'm like, cool. These are awesome. She's like, yeah, your book would have this format. I'm like, 
my book. What are you saying? I'm like, what do you mean my book? I don't have a book. She's like, no, no, no. Like, we want you to write a book. And I was like, this is so sus. And then my two biggest takeaways were, A, they gave me three free books. And I was like, what a day. I got three free copies of random books. And they were great books. Number two, they paid for the coffee. And I was like, jackpot. This is great. I should do more meetings where my coffee is paid for. I leave, not thinking anything. I just leave. I'm like, okay, that was weird. And then I call my one of my best friends after work, who she is a published author of a children's book. It's called All My Friends Are Planets. It's by Alicia Vimawala. So she's the only person I knew who had any tie to the book world. So I call her after work. I was like, dude, like... <laughs> WTF? What is this weird meeting I had? She goes, you dumb bee. Do you not know what HarperCollins is? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, that would be my reaction. Sorry. (laughs) Don't be because now I'm like, yeah, I was a dumb bee. Um, And then I was like, oh, my God. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, okay. That's my book deal freaking story. It was it's such a dumb story. That like it's a wild. So to say I have imposter syndrome about publishing is an understatement. Lily's library didn't happen until last year. So my book was published on April 28th, 2020, aka peak pandemic. You know, it wasn't optimal with how things were, but I w- I'm just really happy to have had a book. I was so thrilled. And yeah, that's a huge deal. It's huge. It was so cool. I was like, whoa, my name is on this thing. I didn't start working for Lily's Library until um, October of 2022. And the way I got that was just mm-hmm. just knowing just knowing the right people, which is the most snobby thing I've ever said in my entire life. But the Desi creative community is... It's a tight-knit community. It's small. People tend to know everybody. Everyone's like a degree or two of separation away. Um, there's an organiza- a great organization um, called Product of Culture. They go by POC. And they are like a brand creative collective for Desi Creatives run by Monica Sharma, who's a good friend, and Arshna Mishra Jain. So I've kind of worked with them in the past doing social media and just kind of being in the diaspora. They've helped me kind of publicize my book a bit. And then Archana messaged me. She goes, hey, I think this would be a really cool gig for you. You should check it out. Okay, like, I'll think about it. I'm like, I'm not leaving my day job. I yeah. liked, I liked, I love my day job. And I'm like, but this was cool enough to add on. And I have yeah. the time for it. So spoke with their team over the course of a few weeks. And the initial position actually was for a different type of thing. So the conversations ended after a few weeks. They're like, you know, we really like you. And I really like talking with them. They're like, you know, we, we want to have you on the team, but like, we don't know how, like this position is for, it was more of a production assistant thing. And I'm not talented enough mm. to do production. Like, I'm like, I don't know anything. And they're like, you know, like if something else happens, like we'll let you know. And I guess something else happened because after a week or two, I get an email back. They're like, are you free next week to get on like a zoom call with Lily and two other people? I'm like, what? At that oh point I hadn't spoken, I hadn't spoken with Lily yet. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's so awesome. Um, Spoke with her, had like just a really heartwarming, really good, honest conversation, nerded, nerded out about books. It was like the best thing ever. Um, and then, yeah, I was, I was on the team. They kind of carved out a cool spot for me. So that happened with just being involved with the AC community, you know, brown mm-hmm. girls looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. And it must have been important also to Lily to have someone who's South Asian, who is involved in kind of like the book world. You had a book out like you kind of worked in kind of this marketing space did you work in marketing before my background has been marketing um yeah I've been in the marketing corporate world since I was 20 
too. Yeah, my background was brand, marketing, creative, social. Mm-hmm. And then I had book stuff and writing experience. And that's a big thing just behind the driving force behind Lily's Library mm-hmm. and what the types of media Unicorn Island publishes and like puts out. Um, Lily's Library is all about South Asian authors and celebrating that. So having somebody of South Asian descent was definitely a big priority. Um, and it's been awesome just getting to know people and I get to like talk to somebody I fangirl about like every week. It was the first uh, time I'd ever seen like a South Asian book mm-hmm. club. And our literature is so rich, like that it's like, it's crazy to me um, and so diverse and that like, it covers, you know, so many different types of backgrounds. Yeah. But it's like crazy to me that I've never seen that before. Um, it's relatively new, I would say, like it's maybe like, you know, just a year or two old. Is that something when they had you like in the early stages on the call, did they explain, okay, this is what we want to do? Or were they kind of trying to hash it out? It's a mix of both. To say like they're busy is an understatement. They're doing so much cool, cool work outside of the book club. So they had been around for about a year when I joined and already had some great books under their belt and had a really good Instagram presence. And over the past year, Some of the goals we wanted to hit really were followers and growth and just seeing a sense of like ownership over like we Mm -hmm. love this space. We want to be Mm -hmm. part of this like they see literacy space. And so Mm -hmm. you recently just talked about all the growth we've had and the way we've, we've changed in the past year is interesting where like a lot of the ways we'd find books by they see authors is... I like to call it manually, which means I'd be going to bookstores. I'd be going, you know, be Googling. I'd just be like basically collecting a list mentally and like physically of like mm-hmm. what books are great, which books have like really interesting stories and authors behind it. It's also this weird exercise in identifying the etymology of first and last names um, mm-hmm. and being like, are they South Asian? Are they not? And then also just like, kind of going through so the like my browser history is just kind of weird because I'll be like looking up author name and I'll look up like heritage and I'll see like you know where are they from because like there's so much I don't know you know and so it's like okay like where are they from what's their story because we really do want to make sure they're of South Asian descent and so Mm. so it was a lot of like looking for these authors like really scouting Mm. and like looking for stories that spoke to us it's also really difficult to like pick every month because there's so many good books out there so that was what was yeah. happening a year ago, a lot of manual work. Now it's gotten to a place where we wanted to get where like people have heard about this to an extent. It's not where we want it to be yet, but it's only getting bigger and better. Um, now it's cool because now we'll have uh, publishers and agents reach out to us and being like, like hey, we have you. and pitched us, which is really cool because we'll get to read books that haven't come out yet. So it helps mm-hmm. us kind of understand the market as well. But also um, just putting authors on the map. It's another avenue for publishers to market if they're the Desi author, which I have been on the receiving end of that. My book wasn't about Desi topics. And also not all of the books on Lily's library, they don't have to be about Desi topics. That is not mm-hmm. a thing we need to have. But I've gone through it before where like, like brown people don't work in publishing. It's just they're, they're not there. And so mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of advocate for yourself or ask for advice. Like even for me, when I got, like, I don't even know what HarperCollins was. And so for me to like look back and be like, who can I talk to in my friend group and my family? There wasn't anybody. I was lucky to have one friend. Everything around Lily's library, it's grown in a great way like we want it to be, but there's a lot of work to be done as far as just being a household name. You know, Daisy authors are so mm-hmm. cool. Most of these really popular book clubs, like they're doing really great work. It's rare that you have somebody brown get featured as one of their authors. So 
I was hoping this gives a great platform. It absolutely is. And I, I like it is interesting to hear you talk about how you kind of started out choosing the books because I feel like that way, like if I'm looking for other South Asian authors or like I was like, okay, I'm gonna read like all the Pakistani books that I can by Pakistani mm-hmm. authors and like mm-hmm. like in English. Like and it was like so hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> like a breadth of like Pakistani authors, like, and even for me, like, it's interesting that you talk about kind of researching people's names because my name is not South Asian. Like it's mm-hmm. my, like my dad is Pakistani, but like I took my mom's name. And so I have the Hungarian name. Mm. And so it is interesting. Like I do get like people on like my TikToks or whatever, mostly white people, I'll say, um, calling me out for like, maybe not being South Asian oh my God. just because they look at my name, like literally just like I'm a brown woman <laughs> like, <laughs> look at me like, like, what but like they'll be like well your name is not like a South Asian name oh that they God. like I don't fit the mold of like what they perceive as like a South Asian person right and like not to mention like lots of South Asian writers could be, could be writing under a pen name like right it's like not totally <laughs> it's like God it would be interesting to try and find like those South Asian authors and try and can see like okay what's your background but also in order to celebrate them, right? Because yeah. you guys are wanting to focus them, highlight them, which is something I, I've honestly never seen. And you're right, like even the other big book clubs, even if they do focus on BIPOC authors, there's so few that are South Asian. Like it'll maybe be one in a year, one, you know, in a couple of years. Totally. It's frustrating because, I mean, okay, the cool part of this whole thing is like, again, I'm a huge reader. I love my Kindle. Shout out, not an ad sponsored. I love the Libby <laughs> app. Obsessed with Libby. Like, yes, it's so good. So, you know, I have not read a book by a non-Desi author in a year. I've never done that. I've never done that. And I do it largely because, yeah, it's part of my role with Lily's library. But it's bringing up so many interesting learnings of, like, when I say 100% they see authors for last year. I'm not exaggerating. I've read like at least wow. 40 to 50 books. And it's so interesting to understand the breadth of topics because I think the books that make it really big, you know, with audiences, let me be careful with how I phrase this because I mean this with the best intentions. There are so many incredible books. I think the books that a lot of non they see people market by Desi authors tend to be a bit more of what they think being Desi is about, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So look at how Netflix is doing it, right? I know Netflix Mm -hmm. is not books, but the Desi content coming out of Netflix, not India, like Netflix US, Netflix Canada, things like that, Indian matchmaking. Mm -hmm. And then there's like another Indian wedding show. It is rhetoric around Indian weddings and love, which these are fun shows. Like I totally Mm -hmm. watch them. A lot of the books that are being marketed, and I say this intentionally because marketing budgets matter. Mm -hmm. Not everything is marketed equally. Things that go organically viral on TikTok, that is not, it's not not usually money put behind it. It's like organic. But things that are being marketed, things that are being put in the front of bookshelves at like Barnes and Noble, those are intentional. There's like a whole strategy behind it. The ones by Daisy authors that get there tend to be about the same tropes. Mm -hmm. They're still good books. That does not, I'm not discounting what they're writing. They're still good books, but there's so much more that people are writing about than like, I have to get married and I'm 30. Oh no. Like, where's my groom? Where's my bride? Like, okay. And like, fine. I enjoy those books sometimes too, but that is not the only thing we're writing. You know, there's like, I just read the finished this book called The Sea Elephants. 
by Shastri Akela. He is um, a gay man living in India. It's like a fictional story and it's all about the point of view of this gay couple in India, like in the 90s. And I've never heard or seen that perspective before. And I don't mm-hmm. see this book in the forefront of a lot. I see it now and then the cover on. I totally judged the book by its cover. It's a beautiful cover. So I got it. But um, we want to see more of that. We want to mm-hmm. see like just these really unique stories. That's what we want to see. Like we want to see like beyond what we're just getting in the front of bookstores. Yeah. For me, when I was researching a lot of South Asian authors and reading them, and um, because I'm a fantasy writer, it was mm-hmm. like reading a lot of South Asian fantasy, which there's not very much of. Like, so if you're listening to this, write more South Asian fantasy. <laughs> Thank you. At the time when I was like writing it, there was like maybe like five authors like that existed, and like even Preach. books from ages mm-hmm. like ages ago, like there wasn't much like South Asian sci-fi or and fantasy, and so like I couldn't really find much of it. But what I found a lot of with the South Asian books that we had access to was, like you said, either the marriage kind of thing um, or such trauma, like trauma, which is like, it's fine to explore that. But I felt like those were where we were getting pigeonholed, especially in the literary sphere of South Asians, like dealing with historical trauma, which is Mm -hmm. like also important, like with like, you know, Sri Lankan authors and things like that. Like, like, these are all important stories. But like, those were the only things being pushed were like stories of like, I could not find like a single sex scene with a South Asian woman that wasn't like, a rape scene Jeez. like in in when I was like researching and like looking except for in romance novels right like I mean I think that's a problem with women in literature and, and fiction anyway that that doesn't feature like women's pleasure but like certainly South Asian women they do not have a good go in like the literature space it is like yep. very kind of this narrative that you're either like only desperate to get married and you have to find this like great match or the other narrative is you live a life of like misery and drudgery and like no it's that. like this poverty porn angle Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of especially now like I remember growing up that was such a thing right you turn on like Nat Geo or Discovery Channel it's like the pole in India in the gullies Mm -hmm. and it's like dude like come Mm -hmm. on like you know that it was just so common and Mm -hmm. you don't see that as much anymore so we're like wow great progress but then you open up a book and it's like okay like this is what you're writing about and again a lot of these books are by Desi authors. These are still good books. I'm not mm-hmm. dunking on people who are and writing about are this. Like, they absolutely. are great. It's more of like those are the types of narratives that are getting prioritized by publishing mm-hmm. houses. That is what we're saying. Like, what's happening is like I love a good romance. I, even if it is like something about a traumatic experience, it is important to get that out there. But when these primarily like white teams of publishers are Mm -hmm. deciding on what to market and what to publish, if that is what is clearly coming out in the majority, that just means that that is what they think will sell with a Desi name on it. Mm -hmm. And that is what we want to change because the last year of books at the Lilly's Library, we are really intentional about changing up genres and having it being story first. That is Mm -hmm. such a big deal for us. And so if you look at everything we've chosen this year, this past year, like you really see that. We had like something with Jhumpa Lahiri. We had short stories. Mm -hmm. We had Savor, which is a memoir, um, which I so recommend. I love that book. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had The Center, which is a thriller. Like we're showing different facets of what it means to be brown. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that was reflected in the types of books that were prioritized by publishers. And we're seeing it change a touch. And 
I wish I could talk about some of the picks we have slated for next year, but it's going to be so exciting. We're really pumped because uh, we're getting just be. better avenues and better contacts like the bigger we get. It's going to be great. That's amazing. Can you chat a little bit about what you learned about the market being a book club curator or like helping to curate the book club and trying to find these different South Asian narratives? Oh, my God. I have so many thoughts. (laughs) So my academic background is in engineering. Wow. Very different. (laughs) I was terrible at it. When I was looking to go to college, I applied to chemical engineering programs and pharmacy programs, because that is what I thought I wanted to do when I was 18. The reason I bring this up is because clearly my strengths would not have been those two things if it weren't for major career risks I took in my 20s that were supported in part by my parents. Maybe not always financially, but like emotionally and mentally, like if I want to try something, they were like, okay, try it. Because at the end of the day, my backup was this engineering degree. Why am I mentioning this? It's because the trends I'm seeing is that there just aren't enough of us in publishing, not as employed people working as editors, which is also true, but as authors. And every author I know has a full-time job of some sort, which is fine. That is just the reality of publishing. Like You don't get paid a ton to write a book, but I would love to urge anyone listening to this, if you're a parent, really see what type of like writing and creative side you can extract and encourage your community and children to have, because mm-hmm. we have such a creative culture. Hello, like not just Bollywood, there's Tollywood, there's Pollywood, there's like Lollywood, there's so many woods, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's poetry, there's art, there's objectively more of that coming from South Asian regions than all of Europe because the civilizations have been older. And um, we see it now because there's this huge push for like, you know, like going to something stable, which I do understand. I'm not here like shitting on our parents. Like I get that when you come from the backgrounds we do, like your parents want stability. And I really empathize with that. I get it. But there's room for having creativity and writing and all of that in your life. And mm-hmm. the trend I'm seeing is it's not enough of us. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we were saying. Like we get pigeonholed into like these like traumatic kind of poverty porn stories or these like love stories, which is they're fine. They're good. Some of them are excellent. I want more horror. I want more sci-fi. I want mm-hmm. more nuanced takes on what it means to be they see in anywhere, any part of the world because we're not just in one country anymore. There's like, yeah. we're hyphenated in the UK and Australia and Canada and the US, even South America. Like we're, we're everywhere. And I've also noticed this, the similarities between all of us, you know, like we're always talking about like India, Pakistan. It's like the... <laughs> Like the most biggest rivalry ever. But like you talk to anybody who grew up Desi, the group Pakistan or Indian in any of these other countries. And it's like, yeah, we had the same childhood. Yeah. It was the same. Mm-hmm. Like the core values <laughs> are the same. Like anybody who's like Bangla or Sri Lankan, like anything. It's like, okay. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we have these insane, awesome similarities mm-hmm. that help us shape our experiences. But we're also yeah. really different. Yeah. But because we have these similarities, those differences are feel familiar, which is really, really exciting to read. And what I'm noticing is I'm not convinced that publishers understand 
the nuances between different South Asian cultures. No. I think they are mentally lumping a lot of us together as like, oh, okay, um, you're brown, you have really good food, your music is way better, <laughs> and your parents are immigrants. I think that is what they're looking at. They're not even understanding the nuances of like, oh, like Tamil Nadu is different from Gujarat, which is mm-hmm. different from from being an, from an island off of Sri Lanka because they have other mm-hmm. islands, which is different mm-hmm. from being at the tip of Pakistan. And it, it's like they're so vast. And I think that is what, what gets to me is uh, how it feels a bit generalized. And so I want, I want more of that. I want more editors. I want more people to read these things. I want to hear less of this idea is great, but how do we, how do we make it so it like, you know, it fits with this narrative? It's like, it's not, it's really not. So that is what I'm learning. I'm learning that. That's like a more meta thing where it's like, yeah, encourage everybody to be creative, blah, blah, blah. But maybe in a more literal sense, I'm also learning how, how used to we are with certain types of genres. Like I am really proud to be part of Lily's Library Book Club because mm-hmm. any other book club, it is like a rarity to see a Desi name. Mm-hmm. And that is the coolest thing to know that there's a creative community out there. There is a tight knit Desi community out there. We want more people to join from different backgrounds. And I, I love everybody in this Desi community, but like, God, is it small. Like I want, I want to have more people in it. You know, we need some fresh faces. And so I'm, I'm learning that um, it sucks that being they see to take a creative risk that it's even considered a risk. Mm-hmm. And like even what we've talked about before on the podcast, but you've kind of touched on it, and maybe we can get into a bit more. Um, I know you don't work in this field, but like authors are kind of put against, especially BIPOC authors books and people of similar backgrounds. And so they're said, okay, we had this South Asian, I'm just going to use fantasy because I'm a fantasy author. We had this South Asian fantasy. This is how it sold. So this is how much marketing money we're going to give to this South Asian fantasy because we expect it to be similar. So maybe we're going to give less because this didn't sell well because we didn't market it well you know what I mean and so it's like kind of that spiral because like mine is like a Pakistani fantasy Mm -hmm. it is so different from like how you would you know deal with like another type of South Asian fantasy like oh but we're still kind of put in that same broad box of like we're compared against each other mostly in a negative way (laughs) yeah dude okay well we're not going to give marketing dollars to you because like this is how this one's old right and so it's like it's like the kind of perpetual narrative of like the same kind of books are being done and then the same kind of marketing and books that are being pushed and given those dollars and so it's really refreshing to hear kind of with the loose legs library that she's like kind of putting the spotlight on different types of like south asian backgrounds and focusing on that is that something that you guys look for when you're like are you trying to diversify the narratives that you are choosing for your book club so it isn't just specifically one type, quote unquote, of South Asian that's being featured? No, you nailed it. We actively try to diversify the background, heritage, yeah. even gender identity, even sexuality yeah. of every author. Obviously, we're not like calling everybody up being like, are you queer? <laughs> We're not doing <laughs> yeah, that. We are looking at what information is given to us based on their bio and, you know, whatever is already mm-hmm. out there. You know, so like some good examples are like, I think for a few months, I noticed we had a few Indian American authors in a row, which is great. Okay, we've done this for a few months. I think we need to expand because 
I'm Indian American. I'm going to know more about that segment. So I'm like, okay, let's like kind of dig and look into it. So we started finding, um, actually, Fatima Ali, the, um, the mm-hmm. late chef. Uh, her her book actually is stumbled upon in a bookstore. And oh, that wow. happens. That happens a lot. So it's just about having it up and coming. But um, all the time, we, we look at even like things like, okay, we've had like, you know, we've had like five women who've written, which is great. And also like publishing is a lot of, um, the one industry where a lot of women have books, which is incredible. But we do try to have folks of different genders, different sexualities, different everything. So we just had The Seven Moons of Molly Almeida, which is written by a Sri Lankan author. Our next book's not announced yet, but, uh, you know, like they are from a different region. We had Pakistani authors. We've had Pakistani British authors. So we're we're always... Mm. We're always looking for nuance. Um, and you talking about sci-fi is so accurate because um, we're looking for a good sci-fi. The closest thing we've had to that has been maybe The Center. And then KK is not sci-fi, it's more fantasy. Mm-hmm. KK is kind of like the historical yeah, kind of so. fantasy because it's the retelling of the different historical kind of figure and like mythical. So mm-hmm. yeah, but, but I loved when Lily chose that book because I felt like that just adds like a different nuance to like a different type of genre. Oh, totally. And like every time, you know, the way our book process works, you know, we look at a ton of books um, and Lily reads every single one of them. Like it's, you know, I don't know about how other book clubs work, but she's actually reading all of them. Wow. And so it's cool to just like discuss I mean, each I bet book. other book clubs do that. <laughs> like I'm going to put it out there and say they probably don't read them, right? Like, <laughs> no, like I, yeah, I, I have no idea. But like, it's just cool to see her, her level of involvement yeah. and not just her, our entire team reads them. Wow. Um, so we'll have in like, the creative meetings, but okay, let's, how, how are we approaching this book? It will be like six of us in a Zoom call. And we're like, okay, like who read it? Mildly shame the person who hasn't finished it. <laughs> um, and then we'll be like, okay, so we actually have our mini book club going on in the background. And so, which is also a big part of why we try to diversify authors, because all of us have very different tastes. So it's not Ronnie's book club. It's not, you know, it's not just one person's book club. So we all have to read books that might not even be in our comfort level or like mm-hmm. whatever. So we're looking at different styles, different authors, different regions, um, different perspectives, controversial, non- everything. So it's really, it's a great exercise. And does Lily get like the final say? Like, so let's say you bring a book for consideration. Are you all reading it and then kind of like figuring out if you're going to choose it? Or is it like, like Lily pulls the trigger. It's definitely, I'd say primarily Lily, but she does a great job of like asking for our input and being like, mm. what makes sense here? You know, so mm. the way we kind of approach it is like, I will scout the books and I'll be like, here's X amount of books I think are really yeah. great fit for this, this, this time. And then it'll be a conversation with me and a few, like somebody else. And we'll kind of like look at what we feel and then we'll pitch to Lily who insists on like reading a portion of everything we we pitch. We're like, okay, let me see. Like, she'll be like, yeah, let me like, understand what these books are like and then she'll be like okay I think this makes sense and then she'll read the entire book and then as content is like coming out she's very much like reading alongside everybody so can confidently say it's like a super it's very involved but she like she definitely pulls um, the trigger on it it's just cool to see how all of us have different like book opinions and like the kind of, I won't say arguments, but like debates we'll have in our chats mm-hmm. of like, what was going on here? What's happening here? So yeah, it's great. I, I, it's a cool involvement. I like the challenge of finding things that I wouldn't necessarily go for. Yeah. Because not everything I'm reading is necessarily my taste, but it's changing my taste, which is so That's fun. I was going to ask you yeah. because you said you went from maybe not reading 
as diverse like Daisy books and then suddenly to reading like a hundred percent like mm-hmm. <laughs> Daisy stories. So like I'm of the strong opinion that we should be widening and reading as much different genres and authors as we can because yeah. I feel like books and reading like help us understand each other as human beings. Has that changed like the way that you're interacting with the world? Oh, it's such a cool question. Yeah, it is. I think it's giving me more confidence. Mm. Oh, wow. I love that. I think I'm reading these books and I'm like, holy crap. I'm reading some beautiful stories Mm. and I just see the author's name and I look up where they were born and where they were raised. Some of them are like me. They're born in the U.S., raised by like immigrant parents. Like we've heard this story. But that Mm -hmm. just having that in common makes me feel like, oh, my God, like maybe I could do this, too. Or maybe Mm -hmm. like you just realize how much just raw talent is out there. So I think it's just giving me more confidence. And I'm also seeing how well received some of these books are. And when I say well received, it's like talking to people in bookshops. It's like looking at like people who are big readers and being like, that book was incredible, right? Mm -hmm. But then you notice that, oh, like a lot of these books are going viral on TikTok and Instagram, which is fine. Like they're well produced, but that doesn't mean they're good quality, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm seeing like the discrepancy between how great and gorgeous some of these books are Mm -hmm. and like, why are they not getting any attention? Just because like Mm -hmm. the right people aren't like vouching for them or seeing the same like four white authors getting like hyped up all the time and they're good authors but like that doesn't mean they're the only ones and so I remember the yeah. only way I discovered my favorite one of my favorite authors is Mohsen Hamid who wrote Moth Smoke and like Exit West mm-hmm. literally just from like Obama's list yeah at the end of the year he had Exit West on it and I was like I literally feel like I have read so many Pakistani authors and I've never read Mohsen Hamid and why haven't I not done that and then just like devoured his entire backlist and but it was only because someone else spoke for him and said that this was a great book like and Mm -hmm. obviously Obama's list gets like so much coverage you know every year but I was like oh wow like and I'm a person who like looks for those narratives yeah yeah like so I thought it was wild that's such a good point because okay before I was even happy I had this role. I mean, forget about me for a second. Ask anybody who's they see in a reader, right? If you ask, give me some they see authors. They say the same few, which are brilliant authors. These are all like Pulitzer or like Booker Prize winners. I see like Jhumpa Lahiri, mm-hmm. um, Arundhati Roy, right, yeah. um, Vikram Shait. Like these like really like just yeah. gorgeous, beautiful, accomplished authors. Like Rohit and Mystery. Like, yeah. Yes, they exist. Now, if I ask anybody, give me like 10 just like white authors, like, yeah, I was like, I can start saying things like, like, I'm like, oh, okay, like random. Like, okay, obviously I got J.K. Rowling get out of the way, most basic answer, but like, <laughs> um, I could be like, Dan Brown, Colleen Hoover. I can just start naming. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like a list. These people aren't even half as accomplished as like maybe Jhumpa Lahiri and all these like crazy, you know, mm-hmm. award winners. But we will neglect to mention like the up and coming people who are just as beautiful books. Like I love what Somia Dave does um, mm. as far as like memoirs, like Fatima Ali. I mention this book all the time because it's so beautiful. Like it's just not mm. mentioned with those names because and so many people talk about this. Whether you're a woman or a minority, you have to be excellent to be yes. mainstream. And yes. that is so irritating. Like these mediocre books will make it 
to the front of bookshelves, the top of New York Times bestsellers because they had this budget, because they had like TikToks that went viral. Are all of them bad? Absolutely not. Most of them are actually great, but many of them are not. They're just fluff. And it's like, is it because my name just sounds different? Does it have to be of a certain quality to get the same budgets as people to like get onto these TikToks? It, that is what's frustrating to me. It's like we need to be excellent to be noticed versus mediocre to be seen um, as far as other groups go. Even that that aspect of it, too, like it's almost like because I mine are kind of like fast paced adventure, young adult fantasy novels. It's a retelling mm-hmm. of like Monte Cristo. And I felt like I couldn't even just write something entertaining. Like I feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to get torn apart for this or torn apart for this, because like we have to be excellent even in our representation, even though there's not one way of like <laughs> representing one culture. Right. We have to be excellent mm-hmm. in kind of every single aspect. Like I have multiple sensitivities readers because I was like really worried about misrepresenting something but also like I'm writing books that I think are primarily entertaining and I also think that South Asian authors aren't always seen as that like they're seen as writing these very like magnificent like language opuses which is beautiful you know but like they're not we're not seen as having these bestseller books where anyone can just pick up it's like an adventure it's entertainment we don't have that reputation so someone is not going to just pick up my book because they're going to be like, oh, that book's not for me. And it's like, it's so funny how we're pigeonholed into, like you said, these like, we have to be excellent. So it's like that kind of measure. So we'll get torn, torn apart if we're not super excellent, even though there's not the same standard for other authors. No way. And also yeah. we have to have this kind of similar narrative that is maybe not mainstream or like super commercial, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Like we're not seen as kind of commercial authors, which I find crazy. Oh, that's such a great point. I want to see like... Never have I ever on Netflix, right? Like, yes, I love the show. If you're listening, I don't care if you don't like the show. Just hear me out. Like, this show gets a lot of criticism, but also a lot of praise, which I think is well-deserved. I want what Never Have I Ever did for TV, for Desi people. I want that phenomenon to happen for books. Mm -hmm. I would love that to Mm -hmm. be Lily's library. I think it can be. What Never Have I Ever did was it made these Desi names spoken about people are saying mm-hmm. Devi Vishwakumar mm-hmm. they're saying it and they're not like being like weird about it they're actually pronouncing the name <laughs> they're like they're talking about the valley they're talking about yeah. like that show did a great job of being like yeah she's Desi but she has this whole other side of her which is like what mm-hmm. we all have had and it's not just pigeonholing that story and what it did for these actors they're doing these other beautiful things like never have I ever became a part of just culture, not just Desi culture. It became a part of mm. all pop culture. I want that to happen. I want us mm. to get invited to the same parties, the same book clubs mm. as anybody else. And that is what this is about, is about like, this is a platform for all us brown people. But that platform isn't just for us to like root for you. It's to get other people, like everyone is welcome to Lily's Library, whether, you know, whatever race, gender, wherever you are from, because it's the platform, we are elevating the AC voices, but we want those voices to be heard by everybody. And that is what I want. I want it to be the never have I ever of book clubs. I love that. I love yeah. that. 
because it's accessible as well, right? Like accessible. it should be, yeah. These stories and narratives are for everyone. Yeah. Do you think, because like authors have this pressure to be on TikTok and social media. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I just had a recent conversation with best-selling authors and they're told by their publisher, like you have to be posting on your social media, um, mm-hmm. which I didn't think was absolutely the case. I thought that, you know, there wasn't as much pressure on certain authors to be posting, but it seems like there is. Has that changed your relationship with publishing or writing? Like if you're picking a book, are you looking at an author's social media? presence? Like, how do you think authors should respond to this pressure? Great question. Personally, I am not looking at an author's social media presence when we're picking a Mm -hmm. book. We are story first. We're looking at the quality of it. We're also looking at like, where is this book available? Like if it's only available in the United States, but not like India, Canada, UK, then like we don't consider it. But like we're looking at story first and accessibility to the book. Mm, I love that. I didn't know that. It should be accessible because like, I mean, that happens a lot, right? Like, for example, like the amount of authors in India are mm-hmm. insane. And obviously, they're all pu- being published. Not many of them get rights to publish in the US. So hopefully, you know, we can even put pressure on them for being like, this book is incredible. Can you please get the US rights to publish mm-hmm. and sell and vice versa and everything sells in India. So and Canada, UK, all, all the same and all nuanced. So we're looking at accessibility and story first. Social media presence. This is going to seem like an ironic response because obviously Lily's library exists on social media. It is effectively like an Instagram platform and now TikTok platform. Um, We are using it to advertise and show off. Not advertise. We're not getting paid for any of it. But like we're using it to promote and showcase these books. I mean, some of our authors actually don't have a social media presence. Um, Some of them don't even know we've picked them until we email them. Oh. <laughs> um, which, we, which we do like we let them know beforehand yeah. and like heads up yeah because yeah, you're gonna yeah. get some attention coming your way jupil Heary are obviously a big name like i don't think she has an instagram like she's a bit more um reserved in that regard but um we don't care we are looking at quality mm-hmm. that being said i have a lot of thoughts on like the tiktokification of books i get yes. that it's a platform but a lot of books i mean it's just like it's a different platform same shit like it's like Someone popular is telling you to read something. That's going to happen on any platform. TikTok yeah, has yeah. a big audience. I mean, this was happening even years ago on YouTube. Like, you know, people are looking at book reviews. It's happening for the New York Times. Yeah, book reviews that come out. Like, sometimes those reviews aren't fair. Sometimes they are. But that kind of decides your fate. Mm-hmm. Even now, I'm working on a second book. And a large part of my proposal is talking about my social media presence, which is annoying. But I get it because... They're looking at the marketing value of what I can provide. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it speaks to the value of the literature that's being written. But I think publishers are kind of pressured to be pushing out books that can do well for like the viral yeah. audience. Because Bookstagram and Book Talk, these are real forces. Like yeah. they are shaping. I mean, I'm sure you heard like there's publishing houses that are kind of switching their model to like accommodate for TikTok. It's weird. I don't think it's going to level the playing field by any means. No. But that being said, we're ready to kind of like jump into it and see if we can positively affect that because there's not many Desi book talks out there. There's not many things happening. So us having this platform and also like Lily herself having a platform, if we can like participate in that in a productive way by showing off more minority authors, then great. Good Mm -hmm. for us. But um just because it's viral on TikTok does not speak to the quality of the book. Mm-hmm. I'm in two minds for it because I think on TikTok it's it's easier 
for authors who might not, their stories are great and they might not have been known. It's easier for discoverability in terms of like things on TikTok kind of get shown to random people. And if people are interested in it, then it'll get fed to more people. And I like that instead of just it being bought, right? Like that it Mm -hmm. can be a little bit more organic. And that's what I do like about it. But at the same time, there's so many things like it's led to kind of this focus on a tropification of books saying like, you know, we have to sell books based on these very boiled down tropes that may or may not be relevant. And so like, it's, it's, it's been like quite hard. And also there is like comments on racial issues on TikTok saying, you know, that like if books are featuring characters of color and you have, you know, an aesthetic or something like that featuring people of color, like it might not do as well. Mm -hmm. It's not being pushed on something like TikTok or on Instagram. It's hard because I think it is uplifting a lot of people's stories and books that may not have had a platform before, but I think obviously it has its own its own problems. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. There, it, there is like the cool part of people having their stories being told. I guess I'm just always going to be sus about the people who are showcasing yeah. them. Like, yeah. do I know if they read the book? Do I know if mm-hmm. um, they've gotten it? Because like, also some of these people get books for free to like promote or them. paid, like a or lot paid. of money for them. Like, yep. it is one of those things where it's like, has it really changed the game really that much? If people are just still putting a lot of marketing dollars behind the certain books that they want to market well, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Ugh, that's a great point. I, I'll leave it at this. I think social media can be a force for good. I do deeply believe yeah. that. Most of my career has been social media. That being said, I'm very cognizant and weary of the realities of social media and what it can do. Yeah. So there's a way to, to there's a way to use it for not evil, right? There's a really productive way to use it and stay on that realm like also like shameless plug like yeah follow us we are a group of people actively reading and vetting these books for story and value and we also talk about other books and that aren't necessarily our picks but are still as incredible books and um it's worthwhile expanding that um india has a huge book talk presence so there's a lot of like book influencers and we totally like you know we'll tap into them to see like what they're mm-hmm. recommending and things like that but, you know, Indian American, Indian American book influencers, reach out to me. Any Indo-Western, any like Indo-Canadian, UK, Australia, not Indian, South Asian, like Pakistani, Bangladeshi, everything. Like tag us. Let us find you. We want to see what you're reading. We want to understand what is making you excited. Even if it's not yeah. a Desi author, we want to understand what our community is reading, what they're going through. And it's also yeah, interesting that. to see how teenagers, like how yeah. They pick books that are so different and like they're so angsty. It's amazing. I'm, I'm still so yes. angsty at 31, but <laughs> it's cool to see the different generations and how they're reading. That that's where social media and TikTok can be cool. But I, I would love to see just more diversity as with everything. Do you think Lily would ever branch out from just the adult market? So we've had a few YAs actually as part of our picks. So oh, yeah, I don't see yeah. why not. Yeah, we had um our June pick was a one in a million, um, and it's by Adiba Jagirdar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah she's just yeah, like a she's, she's a queer author. It's a super yeah. super cool book. That was YA. Some of the some of our books do qualify technically as YA, and we'll still pick them because they're just freaking good books. We haven't done like a children's book. I don't think we'll do a children's book as a pick, mm-hmm. but we're always on the lookout for like cool children's books and like doing initiatives with that. We have not yet, but it's like definitely on our radar. Every genre, we're looking for everything. Love that. 
I wanted to um, end with our fast round. First thing that comes to the top of your mind. Okay, I'm going to assume the position of like raw honesty. I'm going to like close my eyes and I'm going to like visualize everything. Okay. Okay, what is your favorite South Asian dish? Woman, you're killing me. I know, what? I'm sorry. I started from a really hard what? one. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Any type of chaat. Any type of chaat. Samosa chaat. Mm. Like pani puri, uh, dahi puri. Oh my god, um, dahi vada. Any jot, yes. I love that. Writing at a cozy beach house or writing in a cottage in a forest. Cottage in a forest. Yeah, I'm a tree person. Like I just oh, need lots yeah. of trees around. I need seclusion. Me, so I, I don't mm. do well in open spaces. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I like tiny, cozy. Yeah, yeah. For your read, fantasy or contemporary books. Contemporary. Yeah. I'm a big contemporary fan. Do you prefer hardcover or paperback? Oh, I, have, I have the wrong answer. And I know I have the wrong answer. <laughs> what? Is it, is it Kindle? It's Kindle. <laughs> yeah. I knew, it. I knew you were going to say Listen, that. <laughs> listen. We all have flaws. This is mine. Here's the thing. I enjoy that Kindles are waterproof. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that I'm not stressed about something spilling on it. I've spoken about this before, but I enjoy reading in the shower. I really do. I will read in the shower. I do it with paper books too, but I'm really careful. Oh, I don't get them insane. wet. What do you mean? Like how long are your fucking showers? Like, do they're... you like tape it to the wall? Like what? <laughs> I, I have more questions than I have answers. Okay, basically, if it passes a shower test, which is basically like, oh, I'm about to take a shower. And if I want, if I'm like, let me just like bring the book in while I read it. That just means I really like it. Like it's like it's so, like so you're stupid. Like washing your hair, like holding up your Kindle, like reading it. Well, no, I, my shower has a ledge, so I'm washing my hair with both my hands. I'm looking at like a TV screen, and every time I need to turn the page, I just tap it, and I keep. That is next level. So I will do that sometimes. That like two days ago. Actually. Um, <laughs> with non Kindle books, I will still do it. But I won't be washing my hair. I'll be holding what? outside the door. I've. 100% done this. I, I respect books. I'm very, they see about so it. They don't get wet. like a proper book book and you're still showering, but you're holding I've it outside I've been doing it since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, I gotta get in trouble. I always respect books. Like they don't touch my feet. I don't get them wet. Like I'm very book respectful. What do you mean they don't touch your feet? Like you can't like just nudge a page with your toe. It's like too oh, much no for way. you. I would never. No, like I, <laughs> I was, I was raised like. Too overwhelming. Like, yeah. I was like raised Jane. Like, you know, like we, we even do yeah. like a whole like puja, like a, like a religious a celebration around education and books once a year and so wow. even like the whole thing is like if I mean if I'm walking and like my foot touches a book like I mean like take my hand touch the book touch my forehead like say a little like oh prayer like, I don't very like a very book positive household so no feet touching um and they don't get wet but the thing with the kindle is it also doesn't touch my feet but like I, I can watch in the shower also the thing with kindles in the dark on yeah. a plane I don't have an obnoxious like light on also at nighttime I do have a little yeah. reading light for my books like right there there but mm-hmm. when I'm laying down it's easier to like read on a kindle than from a book mm-hmm. but here's the thing I know I have the wrong answer I think I don't know between hard and paperback. Obviously, like hardcovers are sexy. Like I get mm. it. Like they're like on the- your shelf when they sit there and they just yeah. look so luscious. Like yeah. obviously they are sexier. Like I get it. But paperbacks are just really good for like packing. You know, they're less heavy. So I'm thinking about all the wrong things. Next question. <laughs> I'm going to just get canceled from the book You know community. what? I, honestly, I think someone had one side like audiobook. So they were like... <laughs> okay. Um, 
That's a podcast. No, I'm kidding. Audiobooks have a lot of merit. I'll be honest. They're actually great for accessibility and great for like weird things. Like they're really good. They're really good. But yeah, um, I, I listen to a yeah. lot of audiobooks because I'll, I have two kids. And so I'm like running around like or if I'm like cleaning like and I like have the audiobook oh in my head. That's how I can read a lot of books. Like oh it really helps me. So yeah, Amazing. I feel it. Number one tip for reading fast. I mean, I think we know it. It's to like not even take a freaking break, even if you're going to shower. Um, <laughs> just read the book. In the oh, shower. number one tip: there's something. Know that there's nothing wrong with rereading a section. Like I will regularly read a page, realize I didn't like remember it, and reread it. That is okay. Oh, okay. Um, I know that people might feel weird about it because my friends and I have a little like mini book club on the side. My husband is part of it and he he's not a huge reader. He enjoys, he appreciates reading, but he's not a big reader. And a big part of this was like, he wants to be a better reader. So he was telling me one time, he's like, oh, like, I feel so dumb when I had to reread a section. I'm like, don't, man. Like, I do that all the time. That actually mm-hmm. makes me read faster because then I know that I'm going to reread it anyway. So I'll speed through the page if it's like a page where I've like somehow absorbed it, then great, I'll keep going. But sometimes I don't, I'll have to reread it. So that, that's my number one tip. Just read the way you feel comfortable. You'll read faster if you're comfortable. Instead so. of stressing. Yeah. Yeah, no, reading. it's supposed to be enjoyable. There's no right or wrong way to read. As long as like it's not upside down, you're probably doing it fine. <laughs> <laughs> or even if you're upside down. Or even if you're upside down. What is that one little known fact that someone might not realize about celebrity book clubs? Wow. I cannot speak on other book clubs, but... I, I like this fact. And the fact is not only Lily, our entire team reads every single book. That's like actually super important to us. So yeah, that's the one takeaway. We're actively reading a shit ton, which is super fun. We read it so you can enjoy it. We do not do anything paid at all um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to book selection. Book selection is very much coming from myself and a few other key people. And then we all talk as a team to decide what makes sense for the climate, for the month, for everything. What is the best thing about your job? It's working with people in the creative mm-hmm. industry. You know, is I get to work with people who I didn't think existed. Yeah. For a long time, I was like, oh, man, like, I wish there was, like, somebody who would understand my ideas and, like, would laugh at my jokes and get the nuance. And and I found it. And I found it. And there's all these, like, cool Daisy people who are just killing it, not just existing, but they are we are working together. That's huge. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I'm like, damn, like white people feel like this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like in meetings, I can make like Imran Hashmi jokes yeah. and I can make jokes about yeah. like all these things and people get it. And it's mm-hmm. not just jokes, like they get the nuances. Yeah. yeah. Working with creatives is the best part mm-hmm. of my job, whether they're they see or not, just working with creatives. I love that. I love their brains. What would be your top tip if someone wanted to pitch their book to you? Honest answer? I don't need much. I need a friendly message that shows that you've done your research and that you understand that I'm a person. <laughs> the bar is truly low. <laughs> yeah, I need I, I need a nice, normal, kind message with the name of the book, why you like it. And that's really it. Mm-hmm. I will look into it. Like, actually, please do that. You will do 50% of my job for me <laughs> if you are coming at me with really cool books. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is really it. Bonus points for being very unique like mm-hmm. that is what we're looking for the bar is low emily <laughs> south asian authors pit, actually just pitch your book that's, that's no and like it totally is and it's like yeah we yeah. need to have more confidence like just pitch like just my yeah. motto nowadays is like just be bendas about it it's like reach out to me be like girl it's good I'm like okay <laughs> maybe it's good maybe it's not good but i will look at it i will look into it <laughs> 
<laughs> I will look into it. No, I love it. I love great answer to end the interview off. You've <laughs> been an awesome guest. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to On The Right Track Podcast. Visit us online on Instagram at On The Right Track Podcast. Subscribe, leave a review, rate, and share with a friend wherever you listen. This show is hosted by Emily Varga and Sarah Mughal-Rana. Our editor is Abby Cirquitella. If you'd like to support us, please visit the links in our show notes to find more about how.